Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 Ah, I was about to. <laughs> this is the beat. When I was in college, me and a couple of my buddies, we did record a rap song, and we were recording in in a closet at my house because it was the best soundproof closet. So I had my buddy with the Adobe Audition in there, sitting down on a stool while I had the mic set up, and we did record one song, and it was to this track. And I had, I tried a couple of other times. It didn't work. I did okay on this song, but the other songs didn't work too well. We need to let the text line know too so they can light you guys up that you don't know. Neither one of you know who Javante Tank Davis is. Yeah, you got mad at us for that. I don't know who Javante like, Davis God, is. You guys don't know who Tank Davis is? Well, me and Fiddy aren't necessarily fight guys. I'm not a fight guy either, but that tells you how big he is if I know who he is and I've purchased his fights. That I know who Tank Davis I, this is. This is a, a completely ignorant question for sure. But how big is UFC right now compared to, I don't know, last five years before well, that? Well, it depends, like though, because the big boxing matches do do big numbers, though. Yeah. Well, and I'll have friends that will order the big fights, right? Like, I obviously, I don't know a lot of maybe even the bigger names now. But I knew all of the quote-unquote bigger names growing up i mean or at least within the last 10 years but maybe it has kind of drifted away from me more so i don't feel like i hear about it as much i don't yeah. know if there's a slight decline his last Again, fight, complete ignorance on my yeah part. his last fight did really well but google is knockouts but i mean he's uh, not the best human being not at all especially with uh he caught a new charge today domestic violence but he had a hit and run that they said he's about to go away for a while but if you Google his knockouts, though, man, it's a little man, but he packs a wallop. And so you're saying the text line should ridicule us? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. You're probably going to get is. some heat for that that you don't know who Tank Should is. we catch more heat for not knowing his name or for not watching Last Chance You? Oh, man, that's a good one. I think Last Chance You used to catch more heat from him. I just finished it the other day. I was damn near crying sitting there watching it. Are so. you Are you going to watch it, Fiddy? I mean, are you going to use this as a homework assignment from Wes and follow through? Yeah, probably not, because I've got so much going on. Like, I'm going through that 70s show, going through Game of Thrones for the fourth time. I'm just telling y'all, y'all cannot not watch Last Chance You as sports guys. You just cannot. You're you going can't. through. Well, hold on. You're going through Game of Thrones for the fourth time? But it's it's my cousin's first time watching. It's It's my fourth watching of the show. And once we get done with this... I'm getting into that Yellowstone life. Yeah, I need to as well. That's a good one. Let's do it together. Uh, <laughs> do we need to go to each other's house and watch it? Maybe you can bring over some bossy bills because you won't bring it into the uh, the studio. This guy, during pre-show meetings, will lean over and say, hey, is today the day you want to... Uh, Elbow, elbow, bring in and have some bossy bulas delivered. How about my Merry Christmas text to you where I said, I can't wait to see you on Tuesday, or on Tuesday night when we do Hornets pregame. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you'll show up with the sandwich. You showed up saying sandwich. I, 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 what did I say, though? What did I say? What did I say back? I said I would bring a bossy bulas sandwich at some point. 
I didn't say at this point, as soon as we all return, but I said at some point. And by the way, I, I'll get you a sandwich, okay? Just just to dodge a lot of these accusations now, I'll get you the damn sandwich. But at the same time, it would not be even after this sandwich. Like, if you, I didn't want to balance the scales, Fitty. I didn't want to balance the whole monetary scale of I've paid this much for you, you've paid this much. But we're pretty damn close to being even. I think you got, what, $4 on me, something like that. And we know it's going to be 20 bucks for one of those sandwiches. Worth well, it because it's so good. Well, uh, okay, so two things real quick. I, I keep telling Fitty that he will fall in love with the show because the coaches are very much his style. Okay, of we're going last All he needs gotcha. to do is watch one of the football ones. Mm-hmm. Once he starts out with Coach Buddy on East Mississippi, he's going to be in love, okay, for one. Two, the Bossy Bueller's. I went again after our last show last week on last Thursday. We were talking about it too much. You yeah, had to yeah I'm talking about it. I said, let me stop by. I said, because I don't really remember what it tastes like like that. It is not worth the $9 uh, that it costs. Uh, it's a good sandwich, Bless. but it ain't. Come on, man. So, wait. where did, Are we about to do chicken sandwich rakings yeah, again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where have you yeah. gone to and had a better chicken Popeyes sandwich? Popeye's and Chick-fil-A both better. I could oh, use more colorful oh. language, but we're on the radio. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, I've, I've got a dump button. Like, you, you've got to make a compelling <laughs> argument. I had Chick-fil-A yesterday. I had Chick-fil-A Friday. Their chicken sandwich out, is not better than Bossy's. Out of all of the Beulah's conversations we've had, the only criticism I've had to that category is towards Fitty. It is not towards the product they produce <laughs> because it is a damn good sandwich. The sauce, Fitty tells you, he's right about this. He's not lying. My face, when I first bit into the spicy sandwich, I knew what I was dealing with. Oh, okay, this is special. You're talking about the chicken thigh one, right, that you had that was Nashville hot? Well, it was just it was just the spicy one. I forget what it was called, but it was just whatever the spicy the version was. One. Whatever it was, it was delicious, and it was worth, yes, a pretty penny, but it was worth it to me. Like, I was ready to go. The fries are good, too. Like, we sleep well, on the fries. five guys' fries with a good chicken sandwich. But we like fries. It's like J.C. Horn. It's a good chicken sandwich. Don't bring it. Now it's comfy. It's <laughs> not huge. It's, Don't do it's it. It's not a game changer. I am not I am not <laughs> trying to do this. I'm not trying to do this. The Beulah's, You know I'm here to stir up the pot, I know, baby. I know. I know. The Beulah's chicken sandwich is great. J.C. Horn is a great cornerback. And maybe we can even get into Last Chance You and call that a great show. We'll, we'll figure that out once. Once we complete some of these Phenomenal. homework assignments, you can text in 704-570-9610. Stanford P said, Wes, your taste buds are childish. That's a ridiculous take. I didn't about. say child. I said it's good. I didn't say it was great. No, he said yours are childish. That's what he said. That's your what taste I said. buds. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That's a ridiculous take. He also said Fiddy is going to get you something. So maybe that happens. Maybe he can do what I have not followed through on in getting you a Beulah chicken sandwich. Uh, we can get some more of those texts if you text in. At 704-570-9610. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets here. They lose last night to the Golden State Warriors. They are now 2-4 and four at the conclusion of that six-game road trip. And here's Steve Clifford talking about the West Coast road trip that just ended last night. I thought 3-3 three and three would have been great. We still got two more good players to get back. It's going to take us a little bit to get more organized. We're playing every other day, so there's not a lot of practice time. I think you can see the, the beginnings of what can be a good team. There are a couple different ways to look at this road trip. I, I was hoping for one in five. One victory, cool. I mean, that's that's how bad it had gotten. Remember, we were we were pretty much at rock bottom when the Hornets lost to the Detroit Pistons, and you had a couple more losses after that. 
we had suffered it all as Hornets fans, especially if you were the we want to win type of fan rather than the we want to take tank type of fan. So I was hoping for one victory. They got two. They were competitive in all of their games except for the Clippers contest. Portland got away from them in the second half. Last night, they were competitive. Golden State put the clamps defensively down, and eventually Charlotte had a lot of trouble scoring. Overall, Wes, what do you think of the six-game road trip that j- that did just conclude? And Steve Clifford kind of talking about they were hoping for three and three, but you're going to have to settle for two and four, some of the injuries and some of the things that happened. I think we saw incremental improvement by this basketball team. We saw... Some of the shooting woes that they've had all year continue to be a problem for them. Uh, just when I started to really trumpet LaMelo and his return, he's played well, but he's been very inefficient uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of their games. I thought that the game against Portland, there were a lot of empty calories there in those stats, especially because, you know, once they got down and then, you know, LaMelo just started to, to, to get his, so to speak. So I just feel like that this team is just improving incrementally as they get healthy. I think with Dennis Smith back, uh, and Cody Martin coming back, that will continue to help them uh, for sure, especially defensively, the area that they need help probably uh, the most. But this team has just been up and down. But for them, after all that we've seen to go on a West Coast road trip, we thought that there was a very good chance mm-hmm. that they end up winless for them to come out of that uh, with a couple of wins on the road. And for them to just be competing in some of the games the way they did, we know that this is a trademark of this team. They're going to play hard, if anything. So, um, you know, I think you should feel good about it. Yeah. Here's what I feel good about. You're competitive. You're still losing games. You're still going to be towards the bottom, which means you're towards the top of the NBA draft lottery, which gives you a significant shot at Wimby. And I continue to go to, this is a weird territory for the Hornets to be in, right? Because I think a lot of NBA analysts are looking at this franchise and saying it's time to sell. It's time to, whether it's at the trade deadline, probably sooner, to trade Gordon Hayward and trade Terry Rozier. What I don't think is happening, people aren't having the conversation of, who's going to trade for Gordon Hayward right now? Who's going to trade for Terry Rozier? who's having by far his worst season as a Hornet. If you look at Terry Rozier's stats as it currently stands, he's having a ba- as bad a year as he's had since his sophomore campaign in the association. Yeah. The shooting's that bad, and what's worse, it's on higher volume. If you look at some of the advanced stats, according to Cleaning the Glass, which is a website that kind of eradicates garbage time, right? So it only measures analytics in between garbage time sessions. Terry Rozier's playing with one of the higher usage percentage in the league. And he's also shooting at one of the lowest percentages in the league. It's absolutely completely backwards. It's really bad right now. So who's going to trade for him is my point. Yeah. So why would you trade those guys? If you're going to get pennies on the dollar, if if they're losing right now, right? I mean, they're not winning many basketball games. Then you also have some veterans that will help integrate some of these younger players that are a part of this franchise, that's a better building situation. And I think Mark Williams is a good example. I mean, Wes, if you put Mark Williams in to a Charlotte Hornets lineup that has a whole bunch of young guys, right? You trade Terry, you trade Gordon. LaMelo is the only one you trust out there. Do you expect Mark Williams to play better? I mean, we can keep it really simple. Mark Williams is playing better with better players around him. If you had worse, then probably wouldn't go nearly as well. But, man, he's been good. 
why can't we copy and paste that towards some of the younger other younger players that would come to them in an NBA draft? Like the the, the calculus has kind of changed for me. I, I was all for trading uh, Terry Rozier. I was for trading Gordon Hayward, but that was when you could get closer to full value. You're not going to get that now. We're close. We're seven games away from the halfway point of the season. The trade deadline is early February. Man, it's going to be a tough decision, but right now, I mean, Kelly Oubre got hurt. We didn't even see him on the initial injury report. Now he has a left sprain, and or a left-hand sprain. We don't know when he's going to come back. And so now, as soon as you're getting guys back, there goes Kelly Oubre, who's been a pretty big part of the season, for better or worse. It's going to be really hard to try to figure out what to do. I'll tell you this, though. The, the deadline's coming, and Mitch Kupchak is going to have to figure it out. The hits keep on coming for the Hornets, but... The thing is, you hope that maybe there's somebody out there. We know that the reports were out there earlier in the year that the Lakers wanted Terry Rozier and things of that nature. So we have to see, as far as how do teams view some of these guys? Do they think that maybe, because we know some of these basketball guys, they think they're the smartest guy in the room. So do they look at a Gordon Haywood and a Terry Rozier and say, well, situationally, they're playing this way because of this and that and a third, because Terry Rozier is averaging a career high. I know he was averaging a career high in points per game, but it's been very inefficient. Oh, it's been, yeah, it's been very really, inefficient. Yeah, absolutely. So you just have to think that maybe there's somebody out there, there's a phrase, there's a sucker born every day. <laughs> there may be somebody out there that looks at these guys and says, okay, well, situationally, they're playing like this because of this, this, that, and the third. And maybe you're able to put together some good <laughs> deals for this team. Otherwise, like you said, stand pat. Mm-hmm. Go next year where you have Haywood on an expiring contract that makes him more uh, attractive. And just try to continue to build this roster uh, in any way that you can. TC writes in, there will be no disrespect of Terry. He's a smaller guard that has to do a lot for a bad team. That's true. Different role player. But players lo- or fans love Terry Rozier. And I think I understand why. I mean, you're talking about somebody the last couple of years that, you know, the, the, act- the efficiency was actually up for him. After his Boston years, the last couple of seasons, he's been one of the best catch-and-shoot guards in all of the NBA. That holds a lot of value. I've always been frustrated defensively, but shooting is what Terry did well. The facilitating, I think, was there at the beginning of the season. I think even since then, it's waned. And man, if you're watching what he's doing right now, he's just throwing up a lot of misses. I I, I ultimately think it's going to come back to him, some of the outside shooting especially with LaMelo back and healthy and running more of the point. And he's been slowly getting better, but there's, there's too many bad games in between. I just, the trade value, it's going to be tough to figure out, you know, what you can get in return and that be worth enough for you to actually pull the trigger on one of those trades. So at this point, at least you have more than a month until the deadline. And at that point, if you think you can resurrect some value where there's a team really pushing for playoff contention, maybe that's the time to do it. But time, you know, we'll we'll see. We have over a month, and then we'll see exactly what the Charlotte Hornets decide to do. Maybe we finish up some thoughts on the Charlotte Hornets coming up next. We'll also get back to some Panthers conversation. Where are we on Steve Wilkes earning the full-time job conversation? We'll get to that in just a moment. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
It's Wes and Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll get to the text line, the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. You're looking at me, Fiddy. What did you anticipate when I was going to go to the text line? Nothing about the text line. I just felt like I wanted to confess something to you on the air. Okay. Do you want to do that now? Yeah. And just complete? Okay, go ahead. What uh, did you want to confess? I like Wes's music better than your music. That's okay. Look, it's <laughs> that. that's okay. I take... I take zero offense to that. Like, your music's really, really good. Thank you. But, I mean, like, and you, I don't know if you pay attention to me when I'm back here importing the music. Mm-hmm. Every day I get lost in a track because I'm just back here. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I, I am with it. Because, We're all a team, baby. Because, well, one, I like the music myself. Me and Wes have very similar tastes in music. But to my defense... I was putting in things alphabetically as well. I did not realize the process of actually transitioning songs from one folder to another. And so I put in a whole Roots file. I put in a whole maybe Jay Dilla or uh, Tribe Called Quest file. And that was it. And so you just kept playing the same artist over and over. So you didn't get a different flavor. Where Wes is just putting in a whole bunch of different songs rather than actually having something categorized by artist. But that's totally fine. I'm cool with it. I like the music that Wes is playing well. And honestly, it makes me happy that you're getting so crunk over there to Wes's music. Yeah. You know, one of the <laughs> things about whenever we, we, we put the show together, mm-hmm. when y'all got announced as the hire, I told you guys, I was like, look, I'm pretty passionate about my music. I thought the music that I had for Charlotte Sports Today was the best music on the station. Mm-hmm. I challenge you guys to let's still be the best music sounding show on the station I think we have achieved that because all of okay. y'all's beats all right. and instrumentals are fire. Hey, I do want to give a shout to the Kyle Bailey show, like Smoke putting on. He'll put on some Lil Wayne, Hustler music. Like he'll put on. They've got, um, they've got Shook Ones as one of their as one of their beds that they talk over. So they they got some good music over there as well. Very proud of the station and the music choices. Let's get to some of those texts. We do have a 704 number writing in Wes. That's Super Chicks. Has the best chicken sandwich, hands down. If you've never had one, you're missing out. They said it's in Fort Mill, though. So, Oh, but we had the guy, though, that hit us up on Twitter, our show, saying that we needed to try his sandwich. That's right. Oh, we need to go back and have Graham him Street. make good on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am absolutely down. I think that's Graham Street Pub yeah. that we should be going to, checking yes. out that chicken sandwich. So, absolutely. Getting to a couple of other of these text messages, when we were talking about the Charlotte Hornets, Tim Hates, uh, Tim Hates Tanking wrote in, can Mitch Kupchak leave as well? Between the book night pick and the Duran trade, he lost any goodwill that he had earned. That's what Bobby Marks was talking about. It's essentially the overarching theme of the YouTube show where Bobby Marks just went in on the Charlotte drafting philosophy. And I thought it was a little unfair because he doesn't mention Miles Bridges as far as a basketball standpoint. Maybe we can get into some Miles Bridges conversation later too. But Miles Bridges hit from a basketball standpoint. No, you shouldn't have traded SGA. That guy is still playing like an MVP, but not a miss. PJ Washington, not a miss. LaMelo, certainly not a miss. Do you think Mitch Kupchak is on the hot seat as it stands right now? Fitty, you're nodding your head aggressively. Why do you think so? Yeah, and this this is really hard for me because Mitch Kupchak's a Carolina guy. You know how I feel about my Carolina guys, but how he's been here since what? 2017, right? Yeah, so it would have been, I think that's right. So, so you you had Miles Bridges drafted right then and there. This is his fifth year in the league, if I'm not well, it would be his right. fifth year in the league. You know, he's been he's been in Charlotte for five years. Yeah. 
for five years, we've had an incomplete roster. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I, that was one thing I didn't think was going to happen upon him coming here. I thought when he got hired, MJ gets out of the way. Buzz Peterson, also a Carolina guy, respect him, trust him. But I thought by now they would have built a complete roster top to bottom. And even if Miles Bridges was playing, this roster would still be flawed. You'd be in a worse position, honestly. Because Miles Bridges does not have this team in a a foregone conclusion of finishing in the play-in tournament. And so you'd be further away. You think Miles Bridges plays there absolutely in the play-in? I do, too. Yeah, I I think so. This guy was a borderline all-star last year. Like, I mean, you're, I mean, and he brings a lot of what's missing from this team as far as tenacity, just that, just that old nasty dog. He was that for them last year. Uh, I think that if they come into the season healthy, now that's another caveat as well. But, but with Miles Bridges, I felt like that this team would be, now I didn't see maybe higher than that, but I thought this team was on the upward trend with him. And I thought if they came back to the season with some roster tweaks, they could go further than what they did last year. But I think with, him they are hanging around in that plan so plan view miles bridges on this team give me some neighborhood of a record that you think they'd finish with i think they 500 and they were 43 and 39 last year right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean with all the injuries it's really hard to forecast but that's my point i mean they wouldn't be nine and 26 though i mean they might be like 13 and 21 or whatever it well, is. That's, you know what that's good for? That's good to be one spot ahead in the standings, two spots out of the play-in, right? Like, they'd be 13. 13 and 22 is exactly where the Orlando Magic are right now. They're behind Washington and Chicago with 14 wins apiece. You've got to have 15 wins to be in the play-in, and that's Toronto. So, with all of these injuries, that's my point. If if you were to argue that Miles Bridges healthy, LaMelo healthy, Terry, Gordon Wright, all of those guys, which, by the way can't really ask that at the beginning of each season because every team is going through a lot of injuries. But to your point, let's say all of them are healthy. Hornets are probably a 500 basketball team. I mean, part of this is the Eastern Conference being very good. You have teams like Indiana, who we all thought were about to tank. They're a game above 500. Mm -hmm. And they're an extension land with Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, Ben Matherin. They ain't going anywhere. That's an excellent backcourt. Miami. You got to give the Heat the benefit of the doubt with the way that they've performed. Yeah, that's been one of the big surprises this year, just how mediocre they've been. 100%. Atlanta, after the trade, 500. Yeah, but they're going to figure it out, right? I I think so. I think Trey Trey Young might be going somewhere. Yeah, they got some turmoil with Trey Young, and I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast. He was discussing how rival execs think he's going to be the next big star to demand a trade. He gave the lowdown on that situation? He did give the (laughs) lowdown on that situation, the L-O-W-E-S-E, which it did there. Yes, absolutely. So that's been been my point coming into the season, right? I mean, Fiddy, you heard me talk about it at nauseum in the offseason. The Eastern Conference got good. And in, and in fact, they're better than I originally thought with some of these teams. I mean, even Orlando, man, they're four games above Charlotte right now. Palo, absolute beast of a number one overall pick. They've got Franz Wagner. They're still going to be in the running. Th- this is why I think they're in a worse situation. Lobo. Right? I mean, yeah, they, it's, it's when you're talking about Miles being back on this team. Let's say he's healthy. You're 13 and 21, 22. It depends on how you want to look at it. Like I said, if we want to look at it with the team being healthy or not, because with the way Miles was continuing to get better each and every season, he made big jumps and points per game. And as far as the way he was playing last year, so you would like to think with a guy that has that type of work ethic to get 
as good as he did last year. Mm-hmm. I think that he would have been better this year. Um, and then if you just saying if the Hornets are fully healthy, I think they start the season probably a little bit better. And, um, you know, I think he's a difference maker type of basketball player, especially on this team. I know the East is better. But I think that he would have brought some of that attitude of, hey, we got unfinished business after what's happened the last two seasons. Let's pick this thing up. And I think he's the type of guy that made uh, this team better as a whole. Um, Very true. There's a little bit of the Terry Rozier aspect to it, though, where Miles would talk about intensity. And I thought he was a vocal leader last year. But, man, that defense wasn't good. I mean, Miles was as liable as anybody on that roster to let somebody cut back door. I saw it in overtime against Minnesota last year where Anthony Edwards gets the first bucket of the game, already down two points. Like, you got to play better defense. And if you're going to say that to the team, you can't let guys beat you back door. But to be honest with you, who knows when we're going to see Miles Bridges again. There was the report over the weekend that Woj had on ESPN first, Hornets and Miles Bridges, They've been talking behind the scenes, and they're closer to a deal. We still don't know exactly what's going to happen yet because the NBA is still undergoing the investigation. As soon as that is concluded, we'll get a better idea on how many games Miles Bridges will be suspended due to the conduct policy put forth by the association. Once that's all said and done, we'll get a much clearer picture on how the Hornets are going to handle this, how the NBA is going to handle this, and how how Miles Bridges will respond in all of that. Just real quickly before we move on to Carolina, I, I want to get to a lot here. That That's the problem. But just wanted to get your thoughts on the Miles Bridges report we got from Woj and even Rod Boone kind of talking about that a little bit on WFNZ. Well, real quick, going back, I thought that defensively, yeah, he did have his flaws, but I thought he was arguably probably – their best rim protectors. He's a good help side, help side block. And, but he would also make plays, because I'm a big intangibles guy, I felt like he would make defensive plays in games that would ignite them. When he would get a big block and he's yelling and screaming and getting them going and stuff like that. And I felt like that's one of the big things that's He'd be yelling and then forget his guy cutting back door. <laughs> well, after the block, you know, they got to get up the, up the way for <laughs> offense. You just sounded like me right there. But I felt like that he <laughs> was, um, oh, you know, no, I just felt happening. like, yeah, I just felt like that he gave this team umph. And I feel like that's a big thing that's missing uh, from the squad. But anyway, uh, to hear about that, it's just interesting. I just feel like it speaks to the desperation of the Hornets, where they are. I felt like maybe they yeah. wanted to try to see how they would do without him. And they see how this picture is painted without him now. And I think they feel like that they need him. And so, yeah, they're going to go back to the well because, as I said, he was going to get a second chance because he's too young. He's too good of a player. He was going to get that second chance. And I think the Hornets are looking at it saying, hey, we're not signing big-time free agents here, so we need to go back and keep our guys in-house. If we have all-star caliber guys in-house that are our guys, Mm -hmm. then we're going to do this. We're going to give him that second chance because they don't want to see someone else do that and then him flourish and be the player uh, that many people think he could be after all the work and equity they've put into him. So I wasn't surprised by it. It's sports. If you can play and you're young, there's a lot that you can get away with and teams are still going to give you a shot. Even with you know borderline unprecedented territory, specifically in this era, right? In the social consciousness that is 2022, about to transition into 2023, that was always going to be a real important caveat when evaluating this situation. I still don't know how many games the NBA is going to put down on him. I mean, they got to send a message. They have to. Um, 
but I still don't know how many games that's going to be. It's going to be fascinating once they do put forth that disciplinary action. A couple more texts coming in. 704-570-9610. Um, 336 number said, with Miles, they would finish the same as last year. Kind of, you know, talking about that a little bit. Levels to it, discussing injuries, discussing if they would be fully healthy, but I can totally see that. 704 number wrote in, Mitch is 90 years old. He's been in the league for 85 years. <laughs> How is that possible? He got, he got the job in the NBA he's, at five? Man, he, he's an NBA lifer. Came out of the womb dribbling a basketball. That's Mitch Kupchak making decisions at the trade deadline at five years old, trading for Capri Suns. He thinks he's qualified <laughs> as being on the hot seat. He can just walk away if he wants. He says he would take Mitch over the field, though. Well, that was the thing. And I remember asking this question during the press conference that he held in the middle of the offseason. There were reports from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report that Mitch Kupchak could have just walked away. You were kind of undergoing this territory of there not being a contract extension. So it was going to be one of those things where he's not fired, but the organization just might not renew the contract. So we were kind of in a limbo. Then I asked, hey, what's the deal, Mitch? And he said, we agreed to a two-year contract. So it's it's not very long. It's a good point from a 704 number. I mean, Wes Mitch could just decide to leave it all together if, if he doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of job security and maybe just go to a different role with the Hornets organization, maybe go to a different team. Yeah, I don't know, but he's got some options as an NBA lifer. Um, I think somebody would give him a job out there. No doubt. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I feel like if it's a situation he doesn't feel that's going to be beneficial to him, he is going to get out and he has that right. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, looking elsewhere at the at Mitch Kupchak, also transitioning into a Scott Fitterer, Big Cat Dan wrote in, like Scott Fitterer, Kupchak has done some good things. But the thing that the team needs the most is a quarterback, or in the Hornets' case, what JB asked Mitch for. But both GMs provided mediocre or less pieces. Both GMs need to go. And I think that, well, the only way Fitty is kind of disgusted by that take, it's interesting to look at his face right now. But looking at the quarterback comparison, I think the center spot is probably what you're looking at. And I think I can make the comparison that way. Do you see it more clearly that way, Fitty? I just don't think that Scott Fitterer didn't purposely bring in mediocre guys. I mean, they went and got Baker Mayfield, a guy that we truly believed was going to be an upgrade over mm -hmm. Sam Darnold. Wasn't Mitch, or it wasn't Fitterer's fault that Baker Mayfield just sucked. Like, that wasn't the expectation here. And now this team is on the precipice of winning a division and hosting a playoff game. And you want to fire that guy? I I, I I disagree. I think Fitterer has set this franchise up to be more attractive this coming offseason if they want to go the veteran QB route again to get someone in here to stabilize that position. It's more so with Mitch Kupchak where how many press conferences did James Borrego pound the table and say, I need a big. I need a legitimate. He, he, he so did. You're so, you know, I, mean, I need a legitimate constantly. starting big man in the league. They never got him one, and that's why when I look at five years at an incomplete roster, I love Mitch Kupchak, but I think you got to wonder, is it time for him to go? He came in and stabilized the organization, but he didn't take him where I thought we where we thought he was going to take us. Well, the thing about Mitch Kupchak responding to all of the big man necessity, there was logic behind not going after it for a while because you needed a center. I mean, you've needed a center, what? The better part of the decade now. Since Big Al? I mean, really, They've been talking yes. rim protector for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been ridiculous how long they've needed a rim protector. But I always understood Mitch's point in that they're not talented enough to draft for need. 
So there wasn't a big man that I would have drafted over SGA or Miles Bridges. There wasn't a big man that I would have drafted at the time. Maybe Brandon Clark, but he's still an undersized guy with Memphis. So P.J. Washington, also another pretty good undersized center. LaMelo Ball, If you, there were reports that they were going to draft James Wiseman if he was available. He wasn't, and so they select LaMelo Ball. Clearly a monstrous hit for the Charlotte Hornets in that draft, the guy that won Rookie of the Month every month, except for the months that he was hurt. So it made sense. They trade up for Kai Jones, wasn't really the rim protector, but was too tantalizing a talent to pass up on, and he's a year away from being a year away. And they finally get Mark Williams, but now they have all the injuries, right? Like, it's a lot of excuse-making, totally understand that, but I do understand some of the logic. Real quickly, Wes, just... Do you understand some of that? Or are you kind of with Fitty? Nah, man, they needed to address the big man position a long time ago. I feel like that they tried. I feel yeah. like there was uh, nothing there to show me that they were neglecting going out to get that guy. And we saw it in the draft when they went out to get Mark Williams. They felt like they had finally found the guy who was going to help that for them now. And we see him starting to get minutes. Will that continue? We shall see. I'd like to see it continue, but I've also had my questions this season because of the G League stints and because of where they picked them and the need that was there. I felt like he was a guy that could potentially come in and help them immediately, not saying that he was a perfect player, but he was the best shot blocker in college basketball last year, and so you need a rim protector. He seemed like that he was going to be the guy. So he's been struggling as far as just getting himself acclimated to the NBA and becoming that guy that the Hornets want him to be. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they've been trying uh, to address that situation And so, yeah, so that's why we are where we are right now. Any final uh, comments from you before we get to your flash? I just wanted to ask you, I wanted to follow up. You said that there was a, you know, they were going to debate if they would have drafted Wiseman. Do you think if they had Wiseman and LaMelo on the board, they were drafting Wiseman over LaMelo? Yes. You think so? Yes. Because I I never once thought that'd be, I thought LaMelo was too, too much, you know, I guess tantalizing as as a prospect to pass up because of just how much fun he is. And I think the organization was at a time where, they could be okay with being bad if they were fun bad, and that's what they were the first year with Lamella. Well, from what I heard, it all looked but sure. If James Wiseman was available, they were going to select him. And the stars aligned. James Wiseman, a top three pick, because it was always going to be Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Lamello Ball. I mean, those were the top three in that draft, and the stars aligned for Charlotte. Great player that was supposed to go around that range. You need him because you've desperately needed a center for quite some time. That would have been the perfect opportunity. But James Wiseman not available. And Charlotte just didn't feel like Onyeka Kongwu was the type of talent to select at three. So in that way, they go for LaMelo. I, look, teams get lucky. This isn't an indictment on Charlotte. I mean, there's so many other teams in every single draft that get lucky for a guy being there. This is not an indictment on Charlotte. But yeah, they would have selected James Wiseman had he been available. And I'm glad he wasn't because <laughs> now LaMelo is the star that this fan base has desperately needed. We're due for a break, not before the Fitty Flash. What you got for us, Fitty? This one pains a little bit, but we can't have 40 minutes of basketball talk and not discuss what Luka Doncic did last night. He posted a stat line that included 60 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. Yeah, it's dumb. Um, He ties the scoring record for most points in a triple-double outing. The 21 rebounds were a career high for him. He led the Mavs back from a nine-point deficit in the last 35 seconds to force overtime, where they'd go on to beat the Knicks. 
What do you guys make of his performance? What Nikola Jokic has done the last... It seems like all the stars in the last two to three weeks are putting up just ridiculous outings out of nowhere. We've had this conversation the last five years. I, I do think it's probably more prevalent this season. The MVP race this year is absolutely bananas. Watching Nikola Jokic put up the kind of triple doubles he has. Luka Doncic goes for 60 and 20. You know, Nick Wright put out there on Twitter, it's not a stat line we're talking about. First stat line we've seen since Will. First stat line we've seen, period. And Will Chamberlain was doing, you know, averaging 50 points a game, averaging 20 rebounds. And the fact that Luka did something even Wilt has not done or hadn't done in a long time, it's absolutely crazy. Giannis is playing at a high level, even defensively. The NBA is in great hands with some of these stars. The foreign players, man, they have just been spectacular this year. The way they've come in, as you said, talking about Jokic going for maybe a third consecutive MVP. Luka has been just out of control. I mean, that game last night, that's why I have two pairs of Lukas in the video we're going to talk about. I had on said red Luka Doncic sneakers. I have two pair of those because Luka is probably my favorite player right now i'm contemplating He's it fun. in my head okay <laughs> but uh and i and i love him too for for the pettiness but yeah man guys have been just absolutely spectacular i just marvel at players who are able to do that how they're able to roll out of bed and be able to put up that type of production against nba players it's just mind-boggling to think about that yeah the play to tie the basketball game too was absolutely ridiculous we saw last night between the mavericks and the new york knicks i want to get the lowdown on wes's day out we're going to talk about his holiday break coming up next wes and walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'm excited for this next one. Fiddy was excited too, but really just to bash Wes. Like, <laughs> he, he's ready to talk all sorts of trash to Wes because of an Instagram video that he posted. I don't have the gram, Fiddy. How bad was it where you wanted to talk a lot of trash about Wes Bryant? When I saw my man's post a score of his girl dominate him in bowling, <laughs> I, I really thought we would have to come on here and maybe revoke his man card. Oh, oh no. okay. Well, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> that's, that's scary. So between that and then he put a video up of him shooting a shooting basketball. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, that's that's cool. But he was doing so <laughs> left-handed. That's when I knew we had to make this a whole entire segment. You know, I did not know you were lefty. Yeah, man. I uh, I shoot basketball with the left, throw with the left, bow with the left. Uh, if I play baseball, I would bat left. So I mean, you're so you wouldn't call yourself left-handed then? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I'm ambidextrous, but mostly left-hand dominant. I'm okay. Left-hand. Do you dominant. write with your left hand? No, I write with my right. See, hand. that's weird. Yeah. See, th- there are a lot of different things. I mean, <laughs> writing, there's so many people that will swing lefty if they play baseball. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of right-handed players will do that for some yeah. reason. But, yeah, I did not know you were lefty. So when yeah, I saw man. the left-handed Jay, I, I mean, James Harden-esque, that was so weird. Do you feel like it's a robotic motion? Do you feel like you got a fluid jump shot? Uh, well, I have to remember to flick my wrist. Uh, a lot of times when I shoot, because sometimes I can get a little lazy and my wrists will start going a little mm-hmm. bit wide. Because like I said, I've always had a pretty decent jump shot because when I was a kid, when I used to play with the grown man, 
you know, it was to stand in the corner, wait for us to pass you the ball and shoot it. And I would always knock it down when they when they got it to me. So I've always had a pretty decent jump shot. But, yeah, I just got to remember to flick that wrist and flick it at the basket to and get a, a, a good result. So you said you also bowl left-handed. Yes. And it didn't work out so, so well for you against your girlfriend. All right, so, <laughs> you know, I'm not a great bowler, and I don't claim to be. I either start fast or end fast. So mm-hmm. what Fitty's about to say, and I'm about to, you know, yeah. put a little bit of crow in his face. Uh-huh. So my girl was a college bowler and got a scholarship for it. That's why you saw Are the you score serious? you saw. Yes. That's a thing? Yes. Wow. So my girl went to A&T, and she was a scholarship bowler. So I know that from going to school, you know, I told my girls, like, we're mutants. I'm like, everybody can't do what we do. Like, people don't get scholarships and stuff, and I know how good people are. They get scholarships to go to college for it. So since we've been dating, I've always seen her praises when we go out about this, and I've been wanting to see her bowl in action because I knew what it was going to look like, and I just couldn't wait to see somebody that was that good at bowling in the flesh. So we go, and... Um, you know, because before she would have her nails and stuff, so she would be like, no, I'm, I'm not bowling with these nails, whatever, whatever. But then recently she has not been wearing her nails, and so she said, I'm going to take you bowling so we can finally, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I'm excited just to go see her bowl and see how she gets down. So we played, like, three games. The first one she did, like, 190, and she was getting, Which like, is frustrated. a bad sign. Yeah, and like- she was getting frustrated, like, doing that stuff because she's like I haven't bowled in five years so I'm sitting there rolling my eyes I'm like yeah right I'm like you about to start cooking in a minute yeah. all you gotta do is start to get rolling second game I think she went like 170 and she was like hot like she's like that sucks this yeah. score, whatever whatever and she knows like little details that only a person that really does it would know like she's blowing like into the the, the bowling ball or whatever because she's like <laughs> yeah she's talking about the ball expanding because it's cold and the heat and stuff and I'm like okay okay well wow. this is how I know but then, so we get to the last game, and she fully going. And I think, like, internally, that 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 dog was just coming out. Mm-hmm. Man, she proceeded in that last game. She went seven straight strikes. And I was just in awe. Like, I'm watching her technique. Like, she looked like the logo when she was bowling. Like, she's bowling, the right foot sliding under the left. Ball just spinning, going down a thing, and then just bang, seven straight strikes. What was the final score? She had 245. Yeah, never reached 245. <laughs> I, I, I consider myself a pretty good bowler. Yeah. I My highest I've ever posted is 222. Yeah. My average, you know, 150 to 170, well, yeah. something like that. But 245. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And on her team, she was, and that's the thing I really give her credit, because she's real bashful when I bring it up in front of people. But she was the anchor on her team. <laughs> so, so she was the best. She was the best. Yeah, so that meant that when the chips were down, they're bringing her in to close Fitty, the deal. So Fitty. that's what I was telling Fitty. Fitty saying that. She Ta- smoked anybody in here. Yes, no, that's true. Take all the man cards you want to. It doesn't mean that you're going <laughs> to be bowling day. better than she is. Uh, I bought a 288 one time. In right. church league? No, on the Wii. Bro, my girl take you out there and fry you like a piece of that bossy Bueller. Yeah, <laughs> it's too fry you. Two forty-five is absolutely ridiculous. By the way, apparently you're not alone in the whole left-handed some ways, right-handed some ways yeah, category. Man. West, yeah. we got some text. Jackson writing in. I write with my left. Do everything else righty. Twitter Chris wrote in. I'm left-handed when I eat and write. Everything else is righty. Eight one five saying the same type of thing. So I felt like that's weird. I almost go with if you write right-handed then that's how you are. But you do everything else left-handed, though. Yeah, it's man. Weird. So, you know, shooting a rock. Got to go out there to wake uh, to hang out, you know, because we spent a few days in Winston-Salem just hanging out and exploring the new Winston-Salem because it's much different. When I go mm-hmm. 
to Winston-Salem most of the time is just to go to the weight game. I might go to Mountain Fried Chicken to get something to eat. That's all we do. We don't explore it much. So us being up there, my girl is from there. So us being up there, we hung out. And then I met with who I call like my mentors, so to speak, but with great, great friends as well, my man Dwight Lewis. So I said, hey, man, they always tell the alums, they're like, you know, if you come back and you want to work out in the weight room and stuff like that, you can do that. So I said, Dwight, I want to go to Wake and work out. So we go, because he goes and shoots baskets there apparently every morning. So we go in there and we, um, we go through the men's basketball thing and we go in, we cross over the men's basketball court to the women's. Uh-huh. We go in there, we're shooting around, you know, then we start doing these games. And that's what the video was of us doing games. We were doing like what we had to hit. Uh, 20 jump shots in five minutes and we had to hit 33s in like eight minutes so we start doing that and we're rebounding for each other so you're getting the cardio then the girls basketball team the women's basketball team excuse me starts coming in coach Jebbia comes in there whatever I had already met her at media day so we're talking because she wasn't aware I was an alum yeah so we start chatting and then we go over there hang out with the uh, the guys they start practice I get to see Appleby and the crew you know what I'm saying hollering at go. them uh, we were waiting on Forbes for him to come in there, but he was <laughs> they had just finished film and then they were doing something else. But just getting to see them uh, you know, practice for a little bit. Then we went down to the weight room. So I wanted the strength coaches down and I said, Hey, can you work me out? And he was like, No. <laughs> well, he was almost done yeah. with his workouts. But he said, I'll write you up one on the whiteboard. Okay, he was like, What do you go. want? So I say, hey, I want a full body workout, whatever, whatever. And me and my man Dwight start super sitting. So you can check it out on the WFNZ page, all of my happenings at Wake Forest and uh, on my personal Twitter and Instagram, West Guy Range 704 and West Guy Range. All right, we have some breaking news from Fiddy before we go to break. <laughs> Let's get to it. What you got for us? I figured since he plugged the Twitter handles, I would like to announce that the Weston Walker Twitter page, which you can find on Twitter at West End Walker mm-hmm. does officially have 200 followers. Okay. So we're two-fifths on the way to 500, where we're giving out some sort of prize yep. to be determined. How do I'm going to really do it, it too. So how, how, how do you spell it, though, so people can find W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. it? W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. Come on, hit that follow button. People, get us up. We want to get to 1,000. All right, we're going to go to the text line, talk a little more about Wes's day out at Wake Forest and just everything else that happened over the holiday break. It's coming up next. One more hour to go. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 FM.